So as the holiday season is approached and everyone's cooking their favorite dinner or meal, everyone knows that everyone has their own special secret recipe. You know, one of my favorite things to make, and one day I hope we can do it at the parish, is to make salad rolls, Vietnamese salad rolls, and especially the peanut sauce. All the other stuff is really easy to make, but it's the peanut sauce that makes a difference. And so I like my parents' peanut sauce, and it's good, but my sauce is better, I think. <laughs> well, I like to personalize it because there's a lot of different things you can put in it. You can put vinegar. Uh, I have this special brand of peanut sauce that I get. You have to go to TNT to find it, and it's in a special jar. The other stuff at Superstore is a little bit too sweet for me. And then you put some spicy garlic chili, and then I don't put any cornstarch because I put a really special ingredient. And this one you can't do at the restaurant because of people's allergies. I can put fresh peanut butter infused into the sauce, which is a fancy way of saying I'm really good at melting peanut butter in the sauce. And so likewise in our readings today, during this third week of Advent, we also get a recipe. But it's a recipe for joy. You know, this week of Advent, we call it Gaudete Sunday. You've probably heard this before. Gaudete is the Latin word for rejoice. And it comes from St. Paul's letter. He's commanding the people. He's not just saying rejoice, because the word Gaudete means it's a command to rejoice. And so that's why priests, we wear, not pink, but the very masculine, dusty robes. It could be really any other color, yellow, maybe blue, but really at the heart of it, it's, it's a symbol for joy, a relaxation from the dark purple, which is meant to symbolize penitence, and fasting, and sacrifice. And so rose is meant to prepare us for the joy of Christmas. And so the church then, gives us the pathway or the recipe for joy. And so I'd, I'd like to point out the three first ingredients. The first ingredient for joy, as we hear in the reading from the prophet Zephaniah, he says, shout for joy, sing joyfully, be glad and exalt with all your heart. And he says we can do this because God has removed the judgment against you. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've seen many children or adults walk out of the confessional rejoicing. You know, even myself as well experienced that. They leave joyful because this burden has been lifted from their hearts. And so it makes sense that when we experience God's mercy, that's where we find joy. Right? It's hard to be joyful if we are not at peace with others and God. The second ingredient, I would say, is that if you read the letter, to, uh, the book of the prophet Zephaniah, he says that he has turned away your enemies. You know, when St. Paul is writing his letter that we heard today, and he says, rejoice, do you know that he's writing that from prison? And in fact, he was potentially about to be put to death a year or two later. You know, it's easy to rejoice when we're comfortable, right? But it's much more difficult to rejoice 
in difficulty. And the reason why St. Paul was able to rejoice even in prison was because he knew God's victory. He knew that God is victorious. That's why he writes in the letter to the Corinthians, particularly against the enemy of death. He says, where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Praise be God who gives us victory in Jesus Christ. So it's mercy, victory, and then the third is from St. John the Baptist. This third ingredient, because he's the forerunner of the Christ, and he tells us how to prepare for his coming. And that's why everyone's asking him, so that we can attain joy. And so in this time, we're called to give to the less fortunate. That's why St. John the Baptist says, whoever has two cloaks, give one to those who have none. And same with food. And logically, it makes sense that giving to the poor gives us joy. Because by serving other people, it frees us from our own selfishness. It frees us from this constant self-preoccupation. And it gives us the ability to look upon others, to focus not on ourselves and what we're missing. And then it enables us then to live in gratitude for the many gifts that we do already have. And so it's mercy, victory, and the misery of the poor. Those are the three ingredients for us to find joy. But sometimes life can get so difficult that we're not sure if that's even enough. We wonder if these are all the necessary ingredients for joy. Can this joy sustain us in tragic circumstances? There's a, a young girl who his name is Benedetta Poro. She lived in 1936. She was born in Italy. And unfortunately, she was born in unfortunate circumstances. As a child, a little infant, she suffered from polio. And so therefore, she had this permanent limp throughout her whole life. In fact, she had to wear this back brace. She was beginning to lose her hearing as well. And at the age of 13, she was deaf. In fact, she would go on to lose all five of her senses. And then she was also paralyzed from the waist down. She would say, she could still speak though, she would say to those around her that sometimes she wished that she could just throw herself out of the window. And so we wonder as well, maybe you're experiencing, maybe not, not that amount of suffering, but a profound suffering. And you wonder how you can have joy in those circumstances. We wonder if there's a key ingredient that is missing for the recipe for joy. You know, it's easy to have joy. We call it natural joy when things are going well, when things are going right. And that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. However, sometimes Christians can teach, maybe you've heard of this, what's called a prosperity gospel. And it's the general idea that that God will bless us if we are faithful, right? We won't get sick, we'll be rich, all these things. And to a certain extent, if you build a company or you work with integrity and justice and truth and servant leadership, you will be blessed for sure. But the dangerous part of the prosperity gospel is that if we experience some sort of suffering, it's because we're unfaithful. It's because God is cursing us. And that is not true, always. 
Of course, we, there are things that happen in our lives that is a result of our personal sin, right? If I drink and drive and I get into an accident, right? That's a result of my own personal sin. But sometimes, and we all know this, that we all encounter suffering that is not related to our sin at all. You know, with Benedetta Toro, who had polio and lost all her five senses, it was not a result of anything she had done. And so for Christians then, at the heart of our gospel, is not one of a prosperity gospel. It's one in which Jesus proclaims, take up your cross and follow me. Follow me in your suffering. Because the only way to get through suffering is to go through it. And that's why Jesus reminds us that we must go through suffering in order to enter into the glory. So our gospel is not the prosperity gospel, it's a suffering gospel. But we're able to do that because God gives us the grace. We're able to do that because God suffers with us. He's there in the midst of our suffering. And this is the last key ingredient. The prophet Zephaniah says, The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. God with us. And this is a truth that we know, but we have to let it delve deep into our hearts in a more profound way. The more we know this truth profoundly, the more we have a supernatural joy that no one can take away, no matter the circumstances. You know, despite the challenges that Benedetta experienced, she desired to be a doctor. In fact, she went to med school because the doctors who could not help her, she wanted to be the doctor to help herself. And so even though she couldn't hear anybody, she was able to read people's lips. And in fact, she was able to diagnose herself with what is we call Recklinghausen's disease. And it's a neurological disease that was the cause for the loss of all of her senses. Yet despite that, she still experienced profound suffering. But as she was beginning to lose everything, imagine that, her hearing, her sight, her taste, her feel, her smell, she began to surrender. And she had faith. She trusted. And she knew this one fundamental truth in the crucible of suffering, that God is with us. She says this, Sometimes I find myself defeated under the weight of this heavy cross. Then I call up Jesus and lovingly cast myself at his feet. He kindly permits me to rest my head on his lap. Do you understand the ecstatic joy of those moments? It's profound that she says that. She doesn't just say that I'm getting through the suffering, I'm getting by. She says, I experience ecstatic joy because I'm at the feet and on the lap of Jesus. And this gave her supernatural joy. In fact, it's sanctified her. She's on the path to becoming a saint who's known as Blessed Benedetta Corrigan. So today, Mother Church gives us the recipe for supernatural joy. 
to know God's mercy, to know his victory, to know his misery in the poor, and to know that he is with us. And this is what we prepare for during Advent. This is what we prepare for every single Mass as we receive the Eucharist into our hearts. And this is the recipe for a joyful Christmas. And so I'll just conclude more with the words of St. Benedetta, or Blessed Benedetta. She says, I do not lack hope. I know that at the end of the road, Jesus is waiting for me. I have discovered that God exists, that He is love, faithfulness, joy, certitude to the end of the ages. My days are not easy. They are hard, but sweet, because Jesus is with me.